Beyond and I delete your past tweets. That's the summary for this week's podcast. <laughs> Play that intro. <laughs> I mean, that's the intro now. I don't know. I don't really care what you say otherwise. That's <laughs> that is the intro. I thought that was a decent. That intro. was a good intro. I'm I'm changing it up this year. No, I like it. We're going and, different. Um, change your t- delete your tweets. Come through your Facebook. <laughs> delete your Snapchat. Snapchat's actually kind of the safe one. Snapchat, WhatsApp are relatively safe. <laughs> Shit gets deleted off those. Yeah. Yeah. And just make sure you're. WhatsApp's like... really encrypted as well, isn't it? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, there we have it. TikTok, delete your TikToks as well. Not for any like particular reason, just because they're probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's being pretentious. <laughs> I actually, I actually like TikTok. It's just like there's like clearly like there's like a top five percent of TikToks, and mm. there's like ninety five percent of just other. But they get said about any platform. Uh, really. I was watching this uh, political TikTok. Believe it or not. Oh dear. Um, it was actually via YouTube Shorts because I'm old and I don't have TikTok. I actually kind of like YouTube Shorts sometimes. Yeah, but it was Ben Shapiro so. reacting to one, right? Not uh, that I like Ben Shapiro, uh, by the way. Yeah. Uh, FYI. But it was a girl who was explaining um, the climate crisis and how the US military consumes a lot of oil. Yeah. And it's like one of the biggest, uh, you know, they use the most amount of oil. I can't, I can't think of the word I want to use there. But uh, she was dancing and like moving drastically about. Oh, like, it was like the, as the text was on the screen or yeah, something? Yeah, no, no, she was talking. I was just going crazy, like dancing, but like just kept moving her body like up and down. Right. For, for the listeners, I, I, I'm doing a summary of my, uh, to my <laughs> yeah. just me going crazy. Um, up in the club, the tunes are going yeah. sort of. Limelight on a Saturday. Man, we're too old for limelight, but sure. No, no. Uh, sadly. Um, so, but the reason is because apparently the algorithm will look at a video to see the amount of movements. Oh. So what she's effectively done is went crazy in order to trick the algorithm to show well this is somebody doing something really mental. cool yeah because there's loads of movement and she's dancing and or like i think she's dancing so it promotes her yeah to people who would watch dancing yeah but she's actually doing a political tech talk wow uh, i thought that was really interesting that's smart isn't it that's so really smart um if i can yeah. find the link for that which i doubt it but if i do i'll, I'll send it in and see if we can link that because in the in the description, yeah, find a way, probably, yeah. because um, I just thought it was it was a really cool. That's message. actually yeah, that's pretty interesting because I I feel like I have seen political TikToks, but generally the the idea is it's like someone staring at a camera, just being like, and here's this here's the deal with so and so, and then it's like the text pops yeah, up. Yeah, it, it's it's like you know when it's like and we it's were... an import perfect medium so yeah. far for it. But it reminds me, and we we've done it yeah. um, by beyond and I is the the TikTok sort of political activism where you just put text on stories or whatever yeah yeah. um because that was effective and still is effective it is is effective i just think on tiktok you're like in the wrong marketplace for that right now are you in the wrong marketplace only in the sense that like i don't i think i look i think obviously instagram people would have said that about instagram before we were well it's not like we innovated no no we didn't we copied (laughs) no we copied (laughs) but like the idea that like oh you wouldn't go on instagram for sure for political content uh, yeah, I said um, that years ago. Yeah, um, but then obviously now they're like people are like late teens tw- or twenties using Instagram. I'm sure a lot of thirty year olds use Instagram yeah. as well. But like that's like a perfect audience for like political content a lot of the time. Um, but then also like people on Instagram are accepting of like just pure images. Yeah, like they're not gonna like turn away something that has like a couple words on it. But my, my, my point about TikTok, yeah. like, I know what, you, you, you sort of, sco- not scoff, but you were hesitant to agree with me that you know, yeah. TikTok, you know, is the right market. I think in a lot of ways it can be because this is a whole generation growing up, which this is now their preferred social media platform. Yeah, that's fair. Why, why should you not be targeting them? And, you know, if the cynical one, like, this is a whole new target and demographic yes, to reach yeah. and influence and you know spread your your own propaganda yeah as if you will so if somebody can make a way to make interesting quirky tiktok political videos that's a whole new market corner yeah i just i, I, just I think it is a perfect platform for it in a lot of ways no yeah i just meant for the way that people currently oh yeah in terms of what they currently do i think it's it like it's like so poor in give, terms of like look, catching people give it six months there's going to be a sure, yeah. huge political tiktok account that's going to blow up yeah 
No, I mean, I can go yeah. into, like, the thing that I was thinking earlier in the week about, like, we're not, we haven't even chatted about anything more than our show. No, but this is good. Like <laughs> this, this is good. But, like, uh, I was thinking about, like, how back in the day, like, I don't know if you know, like, Walter Benjamin and all that. No. Like, it, so they were, like, I think it's Ben Hanin. He, he was, like, Fran- French or German or something. Um, but he, he, there was, like, the idea of, like, it was, like, whenever film first got, like, kind of introduced. Mm-hmm. And, like, they were there, like, oh, well, this, like, is, like, too powerful of a propaganda tool. Because people will just watch stuff and see it, take it in, mm-hmm. and, like, be too heavily influenced by it. But then what kind of happened was, and to some degree he was right, because it was so new that people didn't really know how to, like, react to it. People didn't really know the language of film. Mm. So, like, there was, like, a lot of, like, influence that film had early on. But then it, like, changed because we got more, like, intelligent with how, like, film language worked and like we understood like narrative better and then we got to the point now where like tv is so meta that it like makes yeah. jokes just based off the idea that you understand like film language oh okay so do you think that will i think right now we're going through a stage of, like social media where like we certainly like our parents generation don't know how to like it's not that there, there was look let's get really postmodern and say <laughs> there was never truth the issue was that, the, that, like, film came along and presented you with, with like, a perspective and you took it for mm-hmm. granted because you didn't, like, really understand, like, the medium. Yeah. And then social media came along for, like, our parents' generation who, like, have, like, no, like, understanding of how social media, like, affects them or, like, could affect them or, like, how it, like, works or, like, speaks. Mm-hmm. And then came along and presented, like, perspectives and, like, it, it was another, like, moment where people were there, like, oh, truth is getting, you know. Yeah manufactured or like it's getting like hurt or it's like you know well i think it's like more so just even like i think kids today you can look at them and you can see like they're so much better discerning like content yeah online they don't get like caught out like the way maybe maybe we did even as kids or if they do get caught out they learn from it and they like they learn like the language of social media so much quicker than we do oh yeah yeah like my 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 youngest brother he's only about to turn 16 like he was on tiktok a whole year year and a half before i was yeah was ingrained within that culture of it. Yeah. And I was... Because he, he started saying things to me going, do you not know what that is? And I was like, oh my <laughs> God. It's I, happening. I'm past it. <laughs> I'm old. It's, it's like I've seen the Simpsons or Abe says to Homer, and it will happen to you. <laughs> In reference to like culture going by you. I know. <laughs> I think we're at least... We're all right, because at least we did. We we grew up with the internet for most of our lives. We're, I, I mean, obviously, we are, like, the last generation who's going to have, like, life without the internet. Yeah, I, I still clearly remember life without the internet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think we were truly the last... Like, we're going to be the last, yeah. Yeah. No, we, 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 we are, are just flat out the last generation yeah. that had access to... 25, 24-year-olds, kind of... Yeah. Kind of creepy people. It's crazy, you know, yeah, that's not. It's, it's very strange, especially with the metaverse, kind of... I don't know, right now, I kind of look at the metaverse partially. It partially is, like, three... The way people talk about... 3D back in the day. Oh no, I was I seen it and was like, I don't want to be a part of that. That's why yeah. that was the first sign of like, oh, I'm one of these boomers now who don't who doesn't want technology. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was so much that I didn't want the technology, I was just there like I don't know if this is like just a gimmick like 3D was. Oh like 3D televisions and all that? Yeah, like yeah. three 3D like movies where like people like, you know, put on the wee glasses and you My dad bought a, a 3D television back really? in the day and he got all the glasses for it and we used the 3D feature twice that's what yeah that's what i mean i, I just like, don't know if like yeah. a metaverse is like one of those like things where people are there like let's like give it to you but like i'm never gonna like actually use like <laughs> like it needs to be like like what what will the usability usability of it be like what's yeah but then i guess i think the metaverse has a lot of potential though still so i think it could be yeah, like a proper like, thing I, it would be uh naive of me to say right now and yeah say it's going nowhere and then i'm going to listen back to this and 10, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, like, oh, I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah. So, I, you know, it'll probably As be... we're in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we might be doing this in the metaverse and people... I think um, for, like, conferencing, it could be really interesting. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. Um, and especially as it gets... Like, we'll only get more realistic and people do photo yeah, scans yeah. and then with, like, AI being able to, you know, like, manipulate photos and everything, it'll be able to look like you are talking and yeah. read your facial expressions. I think the real estate's a really... I think the, the way people are trying to do the real estate thing is, like, hilariously dumb and i do think that probably will pass i'll, mm. I'll be confident enough to say have you heard about like the metaverse real estate no 
Oh, is this like um, you buy like a bit in the metaverse? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that just what PlayStation Home was like 10 years ago? Pretty much. And, you know, that, that only works as long as the servers are up and people are yeah. guaranteed to, to... And also, like, I suppose there's like, there would have to be like an idea of the fact that for one thing, that server is like somehow unique. Yeah. But like th- th- this this occurred like more primitively years ago with the game Second Life. Yeah. You know, it was a massive uh, MMO, massive multiplayer online game. You know, where you literally could buy a digital house, yeah. host avatars in it, um, you could buy clothes, all with real money. And people did. They bought people and sold did. these things on like a semi-stock market. So this <laughs> this isn't new, these concepts. <laughs> so when I'm like, oh my God, I've seen too many commentators uh, say, this is new. <clears throat> uh, and just never been done before. It's like, no, it's done like 10, 15 years ago, yeah. my man. Catch up. It's like, and I have noticed some commentators, especially Bruno Masais, who we... Obviously, we got the Bernie Messiah's fan club, like... Oh, yeah, we um, all we were... We're, we're big. <laughs> we pulled up the, the, the yeah. N.I. chapter. <laughs> yeah, not many people, but <laughs> but still strong in spirit. Uh, but he's, like, all about the kind of gamification of reality and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Or is this where we now have to actually move on to talk about it? I enjoyed that so much. <laughs> that was, I like that. That was so off the cuff, because we didn't plan that at all. No, um, but here we are. What, 10 minutes in? 11 minutes in? And... Class. Haven't chatted about that for a Yeah, so as I said at the very start, delete your tweets. <laughs> delete your tweets. That is very important. What a mare. Like what a what a horrific week for NI politics, you almost say in general at this point. As we're speaking, because we don't know what else is gonna Yeah, just to give context for recording up. this on a Wednesday night. Um which I don't know, I think this podcast is going to be dated very quickly. Uh, it might well be, yeah. Um, but sure, we, we don't care. This is it's a podcast. Like, it's for us to listen back in 10 years anyway yeah. as well and catch up. But look... Um, so, where do we begin? I had Doug. Old um, Doug. Tweeted a, a joke that was sent to him Yeah. when Edwin Poots was leader of the DUP and he had roughly just became the UUP leader around the same time. Uh, I don't know if I can repeat the joke without potentially getting sued now. <laughs> Um, yeah, believe it. Yeah, it people get fined if they're really fucking. They're look, the basis of the joke was that uh, it insinuated that uh, Evan Poots' wife, I don't know the woman's name actually. Um, I don't remember her name. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, it's in, the joke insinuated that she knew what the inside of a brothel smelled like. Also, I think the joke in some way could be read as further insinuating she was a prostitute. Yeah. Um, so. Not suppose, yeah. yeah, not a nice joke for not, not, if you're on the receiving end of it. It's not a yeah, it's not higher yeah. quality joke, is it? Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I think if the joke was more so aimed at uh, Edwin, I don't think we would have had as much. Yeah, well, if it was still about that subject matter, though, it probably wouldn't have been. Yeah, but I think it's because it was somebody, someone's wife. Yeah, it was somebody, not even somebody's wife, somebody who wasn't in the political sphere. Yeah. Like it was a family member. It was like a civilian. Yeah, yeah it, was. it was a civilian, it was a civilian catching, a, catching a stray, yeah. Civilian casualty, stray bullet. Yeah. You know? So uh, th- that went out on a Saturday. He deleted it later that day. People kicked up a fuss. Um, you know, he apologised like straight after. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think on Monday in the assembly, he, he gave an apology and everyone was like, yep, yeah, you know, I accept his apology. Fair, yeah. um, you know, these things happen. Monday night, um, as an individual on Twitter <laughs> uh, went back and uh, yeah. went through all of Doug's past tweets. He, this individual used the Internet Archive to even find ones that were further back um, and find Doug had said horrendous things. We're not defending stuff. this at all. No. Um, we'll give more context about... Maybe potentially why he's tweeted those things. Yeah. And then we're going to have a wee post discussion if we think, not even if we think he has changed, but if he has shown that he has changed for the wire public. Yeah. I mean, the general idea, if you haven't read the post, we're not going to like repeat them. I don't want to repeat them. It's more so just like, like the idea kind of covers like the kind of breadth of what do you think is like culturally taboo in terms of like, you know, it's, it was definitely like a fair bit of sexism. A fair bit of, you know... Uh, old lab humour you would hear in a bar. Yeah, racism. Uh, that's not old lab humour, that's just bad. No, yeah, there was also uh, pretty religious, uh, religiously intolerant stuff being said. Yeah. Uh, it was, it kind of like covers that kind of breadth of like, yeah, old man or like locker room kind of stuff. Like, if you want to call it that. 
1980s comedy humor that when you watch it back you're like that hasn't aged well yeah and you yeah. watch your like old show that you kind of like but then at times you're there like i don't like that part of it yeah <laughs> you know yeah so look no it was, pretty, it was pretty bad it was bleak it was horrible um very bleak look he went on nolan and he apologized profusely you could hear the man breaking up in his voice um you know and we, we can talk about what we think but uh let, let's give a bit of context you know this as he said in the interview with nolan on tuesday this yeah. was a man who had he made these tweets in around the 2012 to 2013 period he just came back from a tour of afghanistan you know this hyper masculine toxic sort of environment and he said this was his attempt at dark humor um you know the, he's not a professional comedian no <laughs> he's proved that clearly <laughs> uh, dog stick to your day job yeah. um you know it, it i think that for him he was in a dark place that's what he was trying to say okay so he kind of he was saying that it was like a coping mechanism for him yeah or I, he, he um, wasn't using it as an excuse he made that very clear in the interview and he said he he's just you know he's very more, apologetic probably more healthy ways you could have dealt with like coping yeah but again this isn't me sticking up no for yeah. um but like if i look back on what i said 10 years ago i would be disgusted with some of the stuff i've said but yeah. then again i was only in my teens so do i really have True. This, he this is a man in his late 40s he was captain of a regiment yeah. you know this he, he made decisions near on a daily basis of who to shoot or not i suppose it doesn't raise the question of like our like it people don't stop growing though no they never do like people kind of talk about like oh well you go from like being you know in your teens like your 20s and everything changes but i, I imagine like a fair bit must change now where you're going from your 40s to your 50s and your 50s to your 60s and your 60s to your 70s like yeah. people people just grow it's just and, and going from army to politics like that's a massive change it's a big change that's a lot of i'm sure like he did learn a fair bit in between that kind of yeah. period and um, he became i'm not trying to say man in the army or men or women in the army aren't civilized but i think he got used to how to talk to civilians on a more day-to-day basis and not use yeah such crude attempts at, at humor <laughs> or you know I, like, yeah i have I no still, experience of military life i don't know what these i still uh, like a painted my image of him slightly yes i think this is what we should move on to the yeah. real political talk this is i think it's fair to say this has damaged yeah I think so. um the up's inroads into that more alliancey vote yeah. that they were so heavy to push in obviously they're trying to make their own rebrand themselves and i think this has hurt the rebrand yeah. it's hurt the image it's hurt uup plc you know it's it's hurt new uup as you would say yeah and yeah i've seen quite a few commentators um some of the twitter people twitterati the twitterati mostly people who were never going to vote uup in the first no. place yeah um complaining and saying like if this is liberal unionism god help us yeah i don't want that yeah and I think that's there is a damage if 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 Doug is seen as the ultimate liberal, mm. and this is his past. You know, I think for those that were more swayed the alliance that were thinking about coming back to the UUP, yeah, not even coming back, actually potentially voting for the UUP for the first time. I think this has done significant damage there. I mean, it's not damage that can be. It's it's I think it's definitely damaging and I uh, I've already said like I think it's it's damaged my kind of perspective on him because I was someone who kind of saw him as like. Uh, I mean, just being like honest, I, I didn't think that those were kind of things that he would have been saying. But no. I mean, you don't know people's past, and you know, obviously, I'm someone who's generally quite aware of like my parasocial, mm. um, relationships that you know I I I try to kind of avoid. Um, building people up. So I, even whenever I, we were kind of talking him up, I think I always did try and say like, oh, but you never know, you know, you, you never, you know, I was trying to generally yeah. be like, I, I don't know. But I think what, um, what, what I would say about it is like, it's, it goes like back to that thing that everyone kind of says. And it, it obviously is something that gets said a lot on Twitter. Um, that like, you know your actions matter more than your words so i think the one he what dog realistically needs to do if he is going to stay in this point if he is going to um keep on going as leader which um, the party have backed him which party backed him Roy butler came out and said pretty definitively definitively that it seemed like they were going to back him but that 
what needs to be done from now on is like a set of actions that need to be that need to take place. Mm. Like I don't think words, words at this point are kind of like yeah they're nice, but like actually taking action and showing that you're not that person anymore, or like you're not, or that you are like a new person by by taking like kind of especially like policy action would be nice, but then also, I think whatever else you can do. Yeah, I think in the last year. I think he ha- his actions have shown that he is think, definitely yeah. on the more liberal end. I think so, yeah. And, like, if you look at his time... Well, it's not about being liberal, but it's it, it would more so just being about, like, you know... Well, I guess definitely being... Because he presented himself liberal, and he doesn't yeah. need to prove that he is that now. Yeah, because at the moment... So you're right, yeah. I don't know what I was saying. No, 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 I, I, th- I think you are right. Um, I, I think you can hide behind the word liberal, and it's too broad a word to be using at times. Yeah. But I think if you look at his actions in the time that he has... In the very short time that he has been leader... You have seen him actually push for more female representation within the UUP. He has, yeah. Um, also, I would say that I think under Steve Aiken's leadership, that was also a top priority. So, really, who knows? Maybe that was just more of a party-wide thing than yeah. an individual push. We have seen him, though, um, push for the likes of, the, you know, against uh, gay conversion therapy, and he was one of the few unionists to vote in favour of the abortion amendment when it was during the second stage. You know, so... Brought in Julie, Julianne Cora Johnson, or whatever her name is. Brought in her, he's, was part of the PUP, yeah. and she's a, very known for being a moderate left-wing candidate. I mean, he's, he's been very... He's recruit, yeah, I think you were about to say what I was about to say, that he's been recruiting, like, people who fit that image yeah. of, like, left-wing. Naomi Bernie up in North Down, again, a female candidate who came out and su- went out to support him, yeah. saying that he still has my support. You then had the likes of Lindsay Gibson, the West Belfast candidate, Saying, yep, I still believe in Doug, he's made mistakes here, you know. And then you've also had the likes of, uh, you know, Stephen McCarthy, for example, centre left candidate for South Belfast, and he works in Doug's office and supports him. So it's this, uh, you know. I mean, if he worked at Doug's office, he's probably. He's probably going to support he's him. He's probably going to support him. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Be a brave man that I'll support your boss, like, in that well, I know, I know. You'll be out the door. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a joke, it's by a the joke. way. I don't want to get sued. Um, I don't think he would be that person to sue him, but you never know. But yeah, look, it's 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 hard, it's hard to rebrand the image. It's yeah. people are saying the BB bounce has flattened, um, which it has flattened a bit. But to how much is the? It's ex- really it's really pulling out the metaphor there. Whenever you're like, I know. Lindsay's <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. ring for making such a good alliteration. She, um, I think she needs to come out and like update it somehow. I know, but yeah, look, uh, it's a bit of a detour. Yeah, it's a detour. Um, funny enough, like if you listen to the radio, and I think it could be recovered at least. It could be recovered, and I think a lot of people respected the fact that he was so apologetic about it. And if you look again, as we said, if you look at his past actions, I think not that I think, but maybe the public think this is a man who has changed, and this is a, an old version of him that yeah. isn't relevant anymore. Look, the main problem is that he's marked now, though. You know, there there is evidence to show that he did think like this in the past, and. You cannot have doubt about whoever Doug is the moderate of unionism that he once portrayed himself to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, he's given himself... He's, well, he's, he hasn't given himself. He's given all of his, all of his uh, detractors a pretty big stick to beat him with on any occasion now. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever he comes up to criticise uh, anyone else. And obviously, that's that also then kind of converts to the idea that like he, he's maybe criticised people in the past for doing the same thing. I think there was... I can't remember which Sinn Féin MLA it was, which which he criticised in the past for saying something not great on Twitter. Was it uh, Barry um, McElduff in the Kingsbury yes, yeah, incident? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it 2016 that was? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously people kind of were bringing that up that, uh, uh, you know, that, that maybe was a lack of consistency in that sense, but uh, different scena- partially different scenarios, but then also you can't really hide behind that. Especially if you're in politics, like it, you, you gotta kind of, you gotta like roll with the punches. No, no, that's not a very nice thing to say. <laughs> you gotta like. Sometimes it is just actually best just to admit when you're wrong, like, and and it's not really appreciated in politics. Sometimes just being there, like, look. I'm sorry, I did it wrong. I should have been better. If you can forgive me, that I I want to prove myself as not being whatever you know I've done before or whatever. It is. I think uh, in a weird way he's maybe endeared himself to more people because he's shown that he is very much human. You know he's made mistakes. He's been very public about it. 
you know, I just talking to a few people and listening to the radio and on Twitter, I, I I've seen quite a few people who, who were critical of him, who have are also now saying, look, well, at least he's had the decency to come out and apologize, and maybe look, I don't think these people are all going to vote for him, but I think they say I yeah. respect him, which is I think a very interesting trend in politics. Is that a good thing? Respect is always a good thing. I mean, you know, in the wider sense of the fact that. It took him having to do or you know, do an awful thing the, to get respect. The, the, yeah, yeah that this had to come out, and then he had to like come out and apologize for it, and that was the thing that made some people feel better about him. Yeah, that's yeah. you should respect him for his politics alone. Um, um, yeah. Not no, not saying that you should, but you would like to think that's how people would. Yeah, think. but that would be like the approach that people would take. Yeah, but um, <laughs> is this really? I suppose this wouldn't be the. It, it felt it felt like though this this like was probably one of BD's kind of first high times like kind of breaching national consciousness. Yes, yeah, I, I think you're right there. I think it was BD was the news. Yeah, he was the news. It wasn't the UK. Was it was yeah. BD. It was a dog problem. Yeah. Which has inflicted damage on the UP, but it, it was it was the Doug BD show for the last two days. Exactly, and I think within that. Unfortunately, that does always create opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Look, we we we've seen all his political opponents come out for him on this. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And some have been came for the throat. Some have been opportunistic. Yeah. I would say, and I. Well, the source of them were was quite like the source of the the kind of reporting was quite oppor- opportunistic. Mm, and Nolan has done more he didn't do the first round of checks yeah. but he started investigating other MLAs in their past and you know Sinn Féin who were quite critical yeah. of Doug rightfully so might I add um, some of their MLAs have been caught up in controversy now with historical tweets yeah. we've had the likes of uh, Sinead Annis Jamma uh, Dolan yeah. and um, Emma Sheeran yes, yeah. who have all had some awful tweets now being brought up so you know you had the likes yeah. of uh, you know yeah yeah Michelle O'Neill rightfully bashing Mr. BD the other day yeah. saying that this is awful and everything but now she she's always been pushed back in your corner because yeah. you know three three of her MLAs have had these atrocious tweets in the past <laughs> yeah. ranging from blatant sectarianism yeah, uh, to, to racism fret, to threats of violence threats to of violence. not to certain not they actually know what to certain sectors of the community yeah and uh, to certain individuals yeah saying the Queen should be shot yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a twisted way. Not, not no, I, actually, I'll retract that. It yeah, was, it wasn't. It was more so that... Yeah, I'll retract that. I'll retract yeah. That. It could, I mean, it could be, I guess it, the tweet could have been interpreted in that yeah. way, but I don't think that was probably... No, but violence was... But, the, yeah, there was certainly like a... It wasn't, a, it wasn't like a great thing to be putting on Twitter. No, no. Um, which I, yeah. And, but then I don't know what the Michelle did come out and say, like, I don't... You know, these were like horrible things that were said, and how she came out and said. I don't. I do think she did. I think I don't remember what it was specifically said, but I think there was like some like statement made about it where it was like, oh, we don't approve of any of the th- stuff that was said, and like all the all the MLAs had to come out instantaneously and release like statements, being like, we're sorry for all we said and all this and that, and it was. Uh, I'm sure from now on they're gonna try and sweep it under the rug and say like, uh, it's ten years ago and all this and that, and all of them were quite were younger whenever they did it yeah you know it's basically going to be the same as Beatty to the same extent of you know which is like ironic that they were going to take the Beatty path well they're probably not even going to take the Beatty path because they're probably not even going to like do a Nolan no they're not going to they're not going to go on Nolan no and look it's I think it brings up a more interesting topic of how long does it take for people to change and for us to forgive them yeah and I think it even if we move on from that to, you know, people getting into politics, like how how clean does your past need to be? Now and you look if you look at our generation, like we're both guys in our early to mid twenties. Yeah. Like our most of our lives have been documented online. We've spent a significant portion of it. Like wow. if journalists want to investigate, it's like let's say let's say me and you run for election, right? Yeah. We get into the world of elected politics. Something's went wrong and we've started running for election. <laughs> God, God, God forbid it happens. Today it does happen. But, you know, we're, yeah. journalists are going to get better at searching 
people's internet past, finding out usernames and certain messaging boards that they're, they're going to find your Reddit account. Yeah, yeah, they are. Your, no, they are. They're, that's your a, YouTube channel, what comments you've left. Yeah, you, like your well, digital footprint is is out there. It's, it's everyone's realistically going to have it at this point. Yeah, and you know, but then at the same time, people yeah. are you know like it has to you'd have to assume like it's almost like a dialectic of like well now the politicians get smarter or the political parties get smarter we're now you know at just maybe before you even get like announced at being a candidate mm. the first thing you do is scrub everything yeah they i i wouldn't be surprised if they start even just like creating a list of like all right here's a list of accounts do you have accounts with any of these like websites yeah. if you do we're going to need you to go or like we're going to have to do it for you we're going to have to like delete everything from you know your past but then at the same time we have the internet archive yeah exactly you can't really escape so if, if journalists really want it now the time you know the time skill to reward payoff i don't think would be worth it in a lot of cases yeah but you know if there if there is some form of incentive there for a journalist you know they, they can they can realistically go back and yeah. try find everything you've ever said online pretty much Right, it would take God knows how long, but it could, it could be done. It's so, a very sad existence, like it is a sad existence, and I I wonder when can we start accepting people that they have changed, yeah. and when their past selves have? Because I I genuinely believe all of these politicians have changed from what they've said at the time. Yeah, probably to some extent. They they're probably smarter at least than they were probably before. Yeah, and I I think some of them will have looked back and gone, "Geez, that isn't me anymore." I don't think like that. I think I've become more nuanced. And especially, like we said this last week, like we think now in recent years, politicians have become more savage of the political game here in, in Northern Ireland and we're not having just these run-of-the-mill average people anymore. Yeah, they're, they're career politicians. They're like... Yeah, know. and, you know, they, they can have lives before that. And yeah. It's, it's... Yeah, I, I, I am willing to forgive everybody if they genuinely... If, if their actions... In the last few years, in the last two to three, yeah. show very much a difference to their yeah. what they said ten. You know, I I'm of a persuasion that forgive and forget, but I understand that's for fair. some people that that that's not, it's not what they like, want. And you know, who am I to say? Well, the issue is, it's just not like this. There's no like there. There is like no methodology to it really in terms of like it's like more of a feeling thing. It's like an emotive subject mm. matter. It's it's the idea of like. You know what you know what is humanity and and yeah like you know who who's a good person who's a bad person and can people change what is good what is bad should people know. change, like it's 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 not something that you can put into like a metric of like, well if we divide the number of bad tweets they made by the you know the years that they've lived and if the <laughs> if that amount is lower than the amount of time between the tweet and the should we have like a and the credit score from, like China? yeah exactly like <laughs> what what's kind of like the the alternative here um yeah i really don't like the conversation that's happened from the people who've got the tweets either i think that the people who've got the tweets there there was like a really like the tweets were horrible and there were bad things to be said and to some degree with like the BD ones I think like there was there was like I understand like the the, the reason why they were brought up and yes. or I can see like a reason why they would need to be brought up yes yes the, the, you could see the logic on why somebody did a backtrack yeah but we know why they were brought up I don't know if like the listeners know but like we know why and it was like a, such like a, a vindictive, you know, little reason to be doing it. I thought it was like, and even like whenever it got to like the Sinn Féin people, it was just another like thing of like, like attention grabbing and like trying to like, you know, gain even more attention by showing off a couple more people who've done something wrong in their past. And uh, whenever it got to that stage, it just became a grubby kind of tabloid-esque approach to like judging people. Yeah, it was... And not applying the same judgment to yourself. And and not even approaching the individual first no. for comments. Yeah. Like the, the, there was not exactly journalistic integrity in it. No, and like even the way Nolan did it wasn't great as well. No. It was, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bad time for journalistic integrity in Northern Ireland. Uh, well, actually, no, I take that back because... No, it's all right. There wasn't yeah, a, yeah. This wasn't a journalist who did this. No. Um, but look... 
I think these tweets should have been brought up to some extent. Whether somebody should have... No, I get why they... I, I get why they were brought up. And I think that's fine. There was, you know, Doug had arguably said a misogynistic thing on Saturday. Yeah. So I think that gives due course for somebody to go like, hmm, well, has he had a past of this? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that... that there I think, we are. Yeah. I understand. But then when we... If we go through every politician's history... Yeah. That's a slippery slope. That's a and then who says we have to just maintain this to politicians? What if employers did this for every employee they were hiring to go back over the last 10 years and look at what you've ever said and done and if that is a true reflection of you now? Yeah. You Some do, though. Yeah, and that no. isn't right. No, not necessarily. I don't agree with it. No. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm an optimist. I think people can change for the better. Yeah. But that's again. That's the emotive. I'm talking. slightly more cynical, but yeah, I would I would agree generally. But no well, one's got anything on me, and they're never going to get anything on me. So there you go. Hard cut the five years. <laughs> Hard cut the mate. <laughs> Just in a press conference, having to can't wait for Matt to do a public apology. But I did not mean to say. <laughs> I'll just do a Conor McGregor and just say I did mean it. Oh, I not. <laughs> yeah. I would like to apologise for absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> Have you noticed we've been swearing more in this podcast and like we're still we still got the clean rating on our uh, on like Spotify and everything and like iTunes. Oh yeah, I mean thinking like if I need to start like cutting or like beeping out the swear words. No, everybody's mature enough here to hear an old swear word. Yeah, but then you you don't. I probably it probably hurts the algorithm if you become explicit. We're clean. Ninety nine point nine. Yeah, no, we're clean. We're more clean than most podcasts. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not like Joey. It, there's Diaz. there's only like moments. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, if people get that reference, they're gonna be so happy. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean we're pretty like all right. In yeah, general, we're pretty good. Uh, considering we're hitting probably like one swear word every like, maybe like. 10 minutes that's not too bad I don't even know if it's, it's, it's probably not even that it's like once or twice an episode yeah okay this is boring admin for everybody uh, look we'll, we'll move on and I think we'll do a bit more internet have we done all our, our NI news stories uh, there was Jeffrey oh, talking yes. again about shutting the place down which I don't really care about yeah well because it's also was talking about we talked about it so much before the DUP again and I feel like we've been talking too much about like unionist parties recently so I'm just there like Ugh. yeah no we have definitely um, yeah. look Donaldson met up with Boris tonight they have a talk about the protocol Jeffrey came out yeah. after to the media and was like ah you know I like pull it down by next week in fairness he's been saying uh, since yeah. he became leader he's going to pull it down so literally the first day he became leader he was yeah. like read into what you will I'm going to pull it down and he's not going to yeah or maybe he will and I'll be proved wrong yeah. well he's been saying it for six months so I don't think it's it's not unrealistic uh, the doubt yeah yeah exactly so there you go there's yeah. that um look we'll go a bit more international with the news um you know russia <laughs> yeah the, 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 the old uh, the old battleground reemerges. i thought we were told not to go to war with russia in winter i thought that was the thing that was like a, <laughs> that was a pretty to be fair america kind of had a war with them for a lot of winters and it kind of came out all right. <laughs> like, it was, uh, there was a lot of winters in that period. <laughs> the Cold War. The Cold War. It's a good poem. Um, no, but uh, look, uh, uh, Russia is arming on the Ukrainian front. Yeah. Um, look, I think it's just a bit of history. Like Russia, the, the historical state of Russia actually used to have Ukraine in it. Like Ukraine as a as a modern day state is a very, very recent thing. new, yeah. Um, as much as conception yeah it, as long with a lot of Eastern Europe and uh, when you go into that part of the world like Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan like those cultures and tribes have existed for years and years and years but the actual state and their boundaries are very new things yeah. so this is why you had such increased tension with Russia and Ukraine and Russia's going through its great um, re-emergence from, from you know the fall of communism and the rebuilding of a Russian state and what does that look like and you know, maybe taking back some of that historical land yeah. that was once theirs under the Tsars. Um, so that, that's, and Ukraine holds a, you know, a lot of importance to Russia in some areas, especially when there's more Russian speakers and, you know, people would consider themselves slightly more Russian than Ukrainian. It's almost like here in a way. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Crimea, I think it's mentioned in a couple yeah. of famous battles in like Russian folklore and history. Yeah. Um, but they want to take a bit more of Donetsk and that sort of eastern part, which would have, you know, uh, Russian 
paramilitary forces that are located there. Um, but effectively, what we have now is this very tense situation where the West is squaring up to Russia. Um, you know, the UK has sent out arms. Uh, France and uh, America have... They went into talks with uh, they, Russian officials, haven't they? Yeah, they've also... The ready troops, I think like 85,000 troops from America were kind of like put on standby. Oh, wow. Number of, like, I like a lot of equipment as well, obviously, like tanks and aircrafts and all yeah. that kind of stuff have also been prepped for possible um, deployment. Um, and then, yeah, I think the talks may be going on for a wee bit. But I think right now what's being more looked at is like tariffs and, and like, all that to kind of say, look, don't, it'd be a, be a good idea for you not to do this. I mean, it's got the, I think me and you said before this podcast recording it, it's got this stage where it's kind of like, even Japan's kind of come out and said like, to Russia, don't do it or else we're mm-hmm. going to like react as well. Uh, pretty much all of NATO, most of like the Western world and then also a couple more places basically said, don't do it or else. Um, and then whenever it's got to this stage, I think Russia really has to just be like, we're not going to like, like you're not going to win this one. Like, it's yeah. just not, you're not, yeah. there's no, look, and then there's been some like, idiot, I think it was like the Daily Mail or something was talking about like the Russian juggernaut and all this, or like, <laughs> you know, like we need to, like we need to worry about like this massive enemy on the, on the Eastern Front. Um, the Russian army is not, it's not greatly it's equipped. Not, it's not great, greatly equipped. It's not really like, like, China has, like, a proper army. Like, you'd be yeah. afraid of China. North Korea's got, like, you know, for the size of it, it's got, like, actually a pretty, like, decent-sized army. Yeah. Um, Russia, Russia's main form of warfare nowadays is cyber attacks and, you know, yeah. uh, disinformation. We're not talking, like, Napoleonic-era style no, troop no. enforcements here. No, we're not. Like, he... Like, they, they are... And, look, you can actually almost argue that even back in the day, back in the Cold War... Like America's military power, even them, greatly. Oh yeah, it Like it killed off like any Russian like military power. Yeah. If there was any actual, if there let's say like there were no nukes and Russian America they go to war back then, America would have like wiped them out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I think um to some extent Russia I think had quite advanced, um missile systems for its time because yeah. they invested so heavily in it, um so I think that's where they sort of even out of it but. Yeah. Like, if there really was going to be an all-out war, like, you would put the money on America. Yeah, but then even, like, whatever came to, like, the missiles, wasn't it, like, that, like, the, the, whenever, like, got to the stage where, like, they were doing, like, the comparisons of how much each side had, America had, like, ten times more oh, like, yeah, nukes yeah, yeah. than, like, Russia ever had, like, at any yeah. state, and it was, it was just, like, you were just there, like, all right, so, like, America really was, like, just, look, I'm not saying, like, it wasn't, like, a proper, you know... There wasn't a forty-year Cold War just for the sake of it. Like there, no, was, no. there was like a lot going on, and it was more complex than I'm saying right now. But... Summary of the Cold War by Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I'm just saying like, if whenever like all the all like these Western powers come together and say, yeah, don't do this, Russia kind of does have to like back. There, down. there, there's one notable exception though, and that's Germany. Yeah, uh, we've we've talked about gasoline politics in this po- uh, in this podcast before because it's something I'm deeply interested in. But uh, Nord Stream 2 got completed recently and that yeah. allows the facilitation of gas to travel from Russia into Germany. Now, um, I'm sure you all have noticed that uh, energy is quite expensive at the <laughs> moment and that's because we're having a wee bit of a tense time with the old Ruskies. <laughs> so this, this is the problem. Um, not a problem, but the benefit of you know globalisation is we're all connected and we get things cheaper because we're all working together, essentially. When we stop working together... Prices go up because states um, haven't relied on their own self to produce it. They're not self-reliant. They have to rely on others. We've relied quite a bit from Russia for gas and everything. Blah, 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 blah. Feeds into the European system. Um, Germany receives most of their gas from Russia. That's why they've been a wee bit quiet on it. And for people that are you know, the so-called leaders of the EU, it's quite a disappointing thing to see. Yeah. Um, so... That's and gas is going to go up more as long as as this carries on. Yeah. Um, and especially if we're if we do need to if a war effort does kick out, resources will be sent there first. Yeah. So, cut your pennies. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... 
I don't think anything will happen if I'm no, real. I'm, I'm an optimist, but I don't think anything will. Putin's really. just testing the boundaries, basically. And, uh, look, Putin uh, thrives on political chaos. He loves chaos, yeah. And even the thought of chaos is his political game. And yeah. he's, he is, he's very good at it, and this is what he's doing yeah, right now. I mean, he's cl- it's clearly like a... It's it's like testing that boundary as to how far he thinks he can do, he's able to go, where he's able to get to, testing the testing what he what he views as like the West or like NATO, being like, oh if I do this, like what can I come away with it from? Yeah, because there, there's no like pretend like there's no real. Well, the downside would be having to like retreat, and uh, I guess some people would say that that might wound his image, but I think in his like view, it would just like further the kind of feeling in Russia that NATO is against Russia and that NATO is like it's an anti-Russian that it's like an anti-Russian like organization like you know syndicate that's trying to like hurt Russian you know uh, interests yeah Um, and it doesn't matter how true that is in the grand scheme of things it's it's how it's perceived by the Russian public exactly you know like the perception is more important than the truth in a lot of ways not to go all postmodern on you no yeah well no because Russia is like the it was like a far greater example of that. You know, whenever you got down to like, you know, the way that like the Russian media functioned in the Cold War, it was all like, we're not going to, you know, we're going to ensure that you don't kind of like receive certain forms of information and we're going to shape your perspective and we're going to make it so that, you know, you kind of, you know, never really understand like what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And that's what like, have you ever watched Stalker? No, like it's this movie, and it's kind of like that's the whole point of the movie is like, because it was it was made by like a Russian dude. Okay. And it was like the whole point of the movie was like you don't really ever know what's going on in the movie. Like, you can't really like get kind of the communication in it, and it's like all it's all very strange, and it's kind of like meant to be like this, you know, metaphor for like what Russia was like with like the kind of. Did it come out recently, or is this like an older film? No, it was like it came out like the. Seventies or like eighties. Okay, I actually might like that then. Yeah, it was, it's actually really good. Like, it's a good movie. Stalker, you call it? Yeah, Stalker. Yeah, I'll yeah. give it a watch. It's a good movie. Um, it's obviously in Russian, Russian so you gotta watch it. I don't mind. But it's, it's a really good movie. Um, but it, the, that kind of like, it's not like whenever like the Soviet Union broke down, that kind of changed. Like the, the media in Russia still, you know, it's, it's still got like a very, not, not that like in the West we're like that much better whenever it comes to like media and perspective and truth no, and all no, that. No. But like, you know, that, that kind of like ability to like shape or form or, or you know present certain things to a public has been something that's been worked in Russia that's been worked on in Russia for like an awful long time yeah. probably even longer than it has been in the last um, well that's not necessarily true but I'm going to say it anyway yeah. look like... we can go into this for ages but we just thought it's an interesting development uh, yeah and yeah you know, you'll, you'll hear about it before it does kick off I'm sure we will <laughs> look I think that wraps us up I mean, there's NVIDIA, I guess. Do you want to talk about it? Is it relevant? No, it's, it's, it happened. <laughs> so, do you want to briefly? All right, just that NVIDIA kind of did like a, I think it was like a $5 million investment in Belfast with the Department for Economies, um, or for the economy, not for economies, for the, inco- for the economy. Uh, it's pretty much just like a, I think it was like a skills investment, kind of like trying to build up certain skills in Belfast and... and Obviously, the Department for um, the Economy, I'm sure, jumped at that opportunity to work with NVIDIA because NVIDIA is like this. It's kind of hard to explain. Uh, sh- microchip manufacturer. My, the, the, the kind of forefront of microchips or like the forefront of, of you know, the usage of microchips kind of all comes down to like NVIDIA. Mm. Right now, I wouldn't say they have like a, a monopoly, but they've certainly got like a very strong like position within that and it they like represent kind of quite a strong uh quite a strong like a uh, business position whenever it comes to not just they, they present like a strong industry position whenever it comes to like technology nowadays because near enough all technology well not all technology but a lot of technology requires you know microchips so they are you know you just need to look at their stock from the past like you know year or two years and you'll see like how it's just skyrocketed and 250 percent jump yeah like it's not stopping either like it's still becoming as valuable and i think that actually in some ways that like growth is kind of accurate um Mm. as opposed to some other growth that's happened in the stock market that's not maybe 
as uh, Adam, if you're listening, <laughs> sell. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's gonna be listening, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, because GameStop's down to like a hundred, hundred a share. Seriously? Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. So it's like that's because I I I got out of it whenever it was around three hundred. And I, well, I got out of it, some of it. At you were able to pay rent with it a few times, weren't you? I uh, paid like two months rent with it. Oh, party. Yeah, that was nice. Um, and then I got like, well, I got most of it out at that time, and I got the rest of it out whenever it was like at 200 or something like that. But you made money overall? I made a lot of money overall, yeah, so I was relatively happy. Because I, I invested whenever it was like at like a wee bit less than 100. Okay. So like, I made like, some of it I made like triple, and some of it I made like double. Oh, yeah, that's not bad at all. So I was pretty happy. Um, Anyway, that was that's beside the point. Um, Matt's buying pints. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just like NVIDIA. Like, it's nice, it's nice to know that, that NVIDIA viewed Belfast and was there like, yeah, I'm going to like partially invest in this area. Even if it was like something that maybe the Department for the Economy kind of reached out to them for. Mm-hmm. And probably 5 million to NVIDIA isn't like, you know, breaking the bank. Look, it's good. But it's a good thing to see. Belfast is becoming more of a tech capital. Yeah. Um, especially in the, West, like in the Western world in general. I think we're quite high up on the list. Um, or at least considered yeah which which is good I think for Belfast to have a, a speciality you know you know people going about we were the shipbuilding capital of the linen, world yeah. and linen and everything yeah. well why can't we be in tech yeah you know and, and have a positive image of ourselves and reinvent it so I, I think it's I think it's fantastic um, that we're, we're seeing this I'm never going to take an interest in it because the humanities are my true calling in life <laughs> all you computer nerds out there but uh, you make everything I need so god bless you I mean as soon as the NFTs become like the premium I pff, no, 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 art, no. you're going to be all about them you know? no I, the, uh, NFTs are just for rich, uh, rich or for <laughs> things for the rich to play with and if you buy one I uh, don't want to know you isn't that just what paintings are oh <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> oh Oh, that is a good point. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> that's the end of this week's podcast. Bam. Bam.